Hello, I'm Reggie Young. I'm here with Vince. Vince, if you could take a quick minute to explain a little bit about who you are and how you got started. Yeah, sure. Um, thanks for having me on. Uh, we've been going back and forth between a mutual friend of ours, Mina Elias, who I'm now working with at, uh, at Trivium. Uh, but my background is, uh, for people that don't know me, is well, most people know me from Helium 10, where I went on board um, with them to actually launch up their PPC division. Um, this was back in 2019, and so they didn't really have any PPC tools or expertise. So I came on board to help them build that out and, um, you know, uh, not only the tool, but also training and marketing and content. Um, and when that all ended last year, that's how I connected with Mina to continue on and doing, um, you know, some content. If anyone follows Trivium, they know, or Mina in general, they know he does a lot of content. So I've, you know, come on board to help, you know, expand, expand on that. Um, obviously primarily focusing on PPC, Trivium is a PPC agency. Um, and that is my background, but I've been in e-commerce for almost, uh, almost 19 years, honestly. So, um, my background is beyond Amazon, uh, just standard digital marketing, you know, email, social, mobile, a uh, little bit of SEO, um, which led me then to doing the PPC on, on Amazon for some clients. Excellent. And if you could tell me, I, I know you have a little bit of a travel, uh, bother and, and passions around <laughs> traveling. Uh, how has like traveling kind of influenced your life? Yeah. So, um, I basically, uh, got my travel bug when I moved to London, um, for a job, actually it was for, it was a digital marketing company and, uh, I was in my early thirties and I was working and in the weekends from London, you can kind of go anywhere. Um, you could hop on a plane or train and be in Spain or Paris or Prague, you know, within 30 minutes. Um, so that kind of got my love for, uh, for travel started. And, um, yeah, whenever I get a chance, I like to, to, to head out. Um, uh, I was in Machu Picchu last year, um, for the first time. So did, uh, did that all of Peru actually, uh, for about two weeks, loved that, uh, this year, my big trip is in Australia, um, doing the Mount Uluru, which is the the native people's kind of a sacred place. Um, I'm kind of visiting sacred places from different countries as a part of my my travel. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so each place has like a specific, um, you know, representation of, of you know, native um, culture um that i love um so and then i'll also be in mexico city um like we were just talking about uh at the beginning of uh, 2024 uh, which i've never been super excited um i've heard there's amazing food and so any recommendations i'm open uh, yeah for sure i'm a little bit lame when it comes to uh choosing food spots i normally just do like food near me and then i sort by reviews and i look at the photos <laughs> And it's also how I order food as well. I just like when I go to a restaurant, especially if it's in a different language, I look at mm -hmm. it popular and I usually never end up going wrong there. I like to look at where the city centers are and like where the tourist areas are and then go. I literally just walk out a couple blocks and I try to walk around there and I see where the locals are eating. That's and that's where I go. Yeah, that's <laughs> for sure. I also like the kind of what you talked about, like traveling with the intention of, uh, seeing different like spiritual or like holy sites uh, huh? and 
experiencing travel that way. That sounds like a very interesting yeah. way. Uh, yeah. So next year is going to be 2024 will be the pyramids. I've never been to the pyramids in Egypt. So, you know, um, yeah, there's, there's definitely, um, I mean, people do, you know, the seven wonders of the world and things like that. So I'm kind of doing something similar to that is actually the seven chakras of the world. So if you're familiar with chakras at all, the energy centers within the body, basically the places I'm going are also considered chakras of the world. The first place I went to 2021 was the root chakra, and that was in Mount Shasta, and that's in California where I live. Um, uh, I'm in Southern California, um, but Mount Shasta is in Northern California. Um, and uh, I learned there that that was a root chakra of the world. So um, I'm going each year basically to the different chakras of the world. That's cool. That's really cool. So you found, did you feel like you felt different at all at the root chakra place? Um, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, I definitely, well, I was there on a retreat anyway. It was my first retreat, you know, coming out of the pandemic and everything and everything being closed. And I'd always wanted to go on some kind of retreat. It was yoga, meditation kind of thing, um, which I, I did dive into during the pandemic. I was, I told some friends, well, you know, when 2020 hit, I, I was like, I could either drink a lot or I could like start meditating. <laughs> yeah, dive inward or outward. Right? Type of thing. Exactly, outward or inward. Um, luckily, I chose I chose inward. And uh, so that's why I decided, you know, I want to go to on a retreat when I can. And August of 2021 was the first one that I could actually find that sounded interesting. Um, and uh, I'm actually... Um, yeah. So every single year since then, I've actually gone on retreats with them. So they're the ones I'm going to Mexico City with, actually, in January. Oh, nice. So nice. Visiting some, um, some, some temples and things like that in Mexico um, as well. Um, but yeah, that's where I learned about the chakras. And, and uh, so yeah, it's it's an interesting for me. It's a, a nice way to have intention behind your behind your travel. Yeah, yeah. I, I really love that. I feel like. One of the unseen or less thought of benefits of traveling, it's obviously freedom, but like when it comes to personal development or any other aspect of your life that you really want to better, you like the world is your oyster, that aspect. So you're really not limited by, uh, obviously by location, you literally can go to the best place or one of the best places yeah. for self-improvement or whatever you identify. Exactly. That, that's how I view travel. A lot of people view travel. I think there was a quote by Anthony Bourdain. He said something about, you don't, you don't live to travel. You travel to learn how to live. Something like that. Um, so that's where I, I like, because I just, I learn, doesn't matter where I go, um, as long as it's not my, you know, hometown, uh, you learn. You learn from uh, just different people, different ways of, ways of, of things, um, obviously different foods, um, different cultural beliefs and things like that. And um, I don't know, that that that's what, inspires me about traveling is the, yeah. you know what what can i learn and uh and take home right for sure and I, I thought about this as when i was like years ago when i first started entrepreneurship in a serious way i thought to myself man the more i learn about like myself and business you know other people i gain a new perspective and i thought to myself the more perspectives or the more angles of a situation i have the more i'll see like reality of, of what's of what's real and uh, originally, when I first started traveling, the idea was to, I told myself, quote unquote, collect perspective. Um, mm -hmm. I've, I've gotten like a good amount every, everywhere I go. But I realized there's, there's always a ton more. But one thing I've really been like thinking about lately, 
is I'm trying to do more self-work than I've ever done. Um, I heard this quote somewhere and, and someone said, some yogi or something like that. And he said the, the longest or the hardest distance traveled will actually be from your mind to your heart. Mm. It's not really basic to me at the time, but like the more I like work on myself, I'm like, actually, you know, like there's something really deep and, and serious to this, but uh, yeah, I just want to totally. kind of like that with the audience. And then also like merit <laughs> you're saying of like, just being able to go where, where I think no, the tax guy followed nomad capitalist. He said, go where you're treated best. And the same mm-hmm. thing for like personal development or, you know, mm-hmm. working like that. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love how you uh, travel with intention in that way. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So the next thing I want to talk about, um, so people who may be familiar with you, your face, Amazon definitely seen you on, you know, the, the ask me anything webinars or all the PPC yeah. built thoughts you'd be doing. I've been actually kind of curious as to like, you know, when you stepped into Helium 10, such a big position, a big role, a big responsibility, mm-hmm. what, are some, what are some things that you, you had to think about or challenges that, that you had to overcome as you step into such oh, a gosh. Yeah. You know, have like, hey, we need this up and running. You know, how do you, <laughs> how do you build those systems? How do you work with people? How do you yeah. align it to events? Yeah. Like That's a great question because, um, you know, my background before Healing 10, I was just consulting. So, which I'm back to doing, uh, working directly with sellers uh, on their PPC accounts. Uh, so, I had come up with systems, you know, manual things and way, ways of doing things. Um, and when they approached me, I thought, cool, how cool. Would, and, and I was already using Helium 10 tools to, you know, keyword research and things like that to, um, for my clients. Um, so I was familiar with them and I thought, God, how cool would it be to, to take what I'm doing manually and build the tool out of it? Um, at first, I thought I was just going to get like a consulting gig out of it. I thought, you know, how cool would it be to have Helium 10 as a consulting client? But um, no, they just, they kept on me, kept, <laughs> kept on me. And I was like, but I don't have any experience with web development, right? Not, not web development. I do have experience with it because I've been doing, you know, digital marketing for a while. That includes building out websites, but I've never actually worked with, you know, coders, right? So um, anyway, uh, eventually I came on board. And yeah, it was a learning curve. It was how do I, I had to learn new systems in order to talk to, to developers. Um, I had to um, figure out ways of, um, uh getting over my fear of being in front of the camera because <laughs> yeah. I had to, I had to record all this, this content now. And, uh, it definitely, it wasn't something I'd ever done before. So, um, honestly, I, I think the, the biggest driver behind, um, kind of the challenges, I guess I, I, I could, um, say about the role were, um, that I believed in what I was doing. Right. So yeah. when you when you really believe in what you're doing, you you can overcome a lot. So the reason I went to Helium 10 was, you know, I was at a crossroads with my consulting. I thought, okay, I could keep going this way, or I could go to Helium 10 and I could help a lot of people, right? All at the same time. So that's kind of the thing that got me through all the learning curve and the and the fears of being in front of the camera. Um it's funny because they still have my old videos, but if you watch my first videos from like 2019, 2020, like you can you could hear the fear kind of in my voice. At least I can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you just keep, you keep doing it, and I, I just kept doing it, and I kept doing it, and you get better at it, and then obviously you get more confident. But I think the biggest driver is simply believing in what you're doing, um, and that is what 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 got me, anyways, through through that learning curve. 
Mm. Yeah, I find that very interesting. I'm, I'm, I find myself in a very similar situation, uh, a consulting role that started out. And now I've, I've shown them a little bit of what I've been doing with AI off to the side. And mm-hmm. there's some, uh, one of my clients is, is saying, hey, like, come build this out for us in a more defined way. And um, I find myself, yeah, I took a couple of semesters of, of coding in university, but I'm not, not a coder. Um, right. So <laughs> not a coder at all. But then I found, I saw like a quote somewhere that like a lot of huge co-founders never actually of like SaaS companies. Most of them actually aren't coders. By yeah. Life. And mm-hmm. I really like what you said. Like at the time I was like, you know, I have to just communicate the vision, but I, I, yeah, I really, really like what you said about if you truly believe in what you're building, you know, you can overcome a lot of obstacles. So. I, one, I appreciate that advice because I'm going to be holding on to that uh, as I go mm-hmm. through my own little mini journey of that. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, I, I, you know, as we as you build it, as you have built out Helium 10's um, atomic profit tool, um, and you and you learn those lessons there, you know, where yeah. do you see uh, PPC evolving uh, on Amazon? You know, for, um, in the near future. Yeah. In in general, um, what I see is definitely a movement more towards um branding anything any branding element whether that be enhanced creative lifestyle imagery videos are everywhere now and they keep trying different placements for um uh both organic and sponsored actually so i really kind of feel that and i've been i've had conversations with some other people too and i really think that um they're going to start amazon ads itself is going to start focusing more on brand registered sellers the ones that can do yeah. Those creative uh, campaigns, which are sponsored brand sponsored display, you need to be brand registered in order to do that. I feel like there's um, a definite movement towards those types of sellers. I feel like they're going to get more and more support for the, those types of campaigns and um, potentially less for the sellers that are not yet brand registered. So I think brand registry in general is going to become more and more important. Um, to sellers and um, um, but beyond that, I think Amazon's going to continue figuring out the best ways to and it's got to be a, it's got to be a tightrope walk because you know there's only so many ad positions you can put on the page before it starts getting you know obstructive and they, and they don't want that they're really they're really good about a good customer experience um, and but they're also really good at putting ads everywhere so. <laughs> But I really kind of feel like they're going to continue on that that drive towards, you know, how can we make um, it easier for people to do video and um, play video, place video. Um, I think video is a pretty, pretty strong um, element that they're taking advantage of. Um, and I think uh, historically speaking, they haven't used UCG a lot, user-generated content. I think that's going to start shifting too. Um, potentially even seeing UCG type elements in ads. I'm not hundred percent sure, but there's definitely a lot of research out there that says UCG type content is pretty powerful. Um, most of the ads you see on Facebook, for example, are, are user generated content now or, or, or UCG feel, you know? So, um, yeah, I kind of see um, Amazon ads kind of moving more in that, in that direct, I could be wrong, but that's how, that's the sense I, I get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that, that totally makes sense from my end. And um, I, I just thought when Amazon first allowed you to make video just on the listing, the mm-hmm. impact it had, you know, to conversion rates on the listing, then you made high quality oh, yeah. video and then you can talk mm-hmm. video ads. And then now it's like, 
Amazon limits the number of positions on a page for sponsored ad, but they don't, they're not limiting the, the number of ad, ad, uh, ad types for, for right. selling. It's like, we have mm-hmm. so many, like every, seems like every new month, there's like a new KPI, a new yeah. uh, ad type, a new, yeah. new way of targeting. Uh, and that's the other thing too. I see the reason that's a good point. The reason I said that is because they are releasing more and more metrics that are kind of relevant to branding type campaigns, um, you know, share of voice, uh, impression share, things like that. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, for sellers that aren't yet brand registered, number one, get brand registered as soon as possible, uh, and start diving into that. That's my biggest, um, kind of, uh, suggestion for any clients that come to me, especially if they're not yet doing video. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of sellers are afraid of doing video. They think it's super complicated, but it doesn't have to be. I've got, I've got clients with like the most simple video that they have is the top seller, you know, and it's literally just somebody using the product and putting it, you know, it's a, it's a bike rack. So it's a woman putting the, a bike on the rack, super right. short yeah. and it has the most sales. <laughs> it's like, right. and then they have fancier ones too. It's got you know, uh, lifestyle images and, and things in there and some words and stuff like that. And those do well. Those do well too. Um, and of course, every product is different. So I'm not trying to say that's going to be the case for every product, but you'd be surprised how simple of a video you can utilize that actually gets you good results. Yeah, it's not not often I have someone of your caliper uh, in terms of PPC uh, on the show. And I'm just thinking back to when I first learned, I learned Google, I started with Google ads then learned Amazon PPC and then seemed like the wave of different theories that were kind of pushed out to sellers in terms of like cast a wide net, you know, they, they have a, all these different types of campaigns, you know, 20 different automatic campaign strategy, all these different things. Yeah. Um, it seems now like, you know, post COVID things being super expensive, uh, by just being tighter, especially mm-hmm. sellers, you know, they're really afraid to spend money on PPC. Uh, I feel like a mm-hmm. lot of sellers actually don't have the, the budget to match their PPC budget to match the, competitive category that they're in. So they're already kind of set up yep. for like right out of the gate. What yep. would you say like for, for, for a lot of these other ASINs or even just companies that are trying to save money, right? Like, do you, yeah. would you say like the, the would you recommend a, a standard, like, Hey, you need to have, you know, one campaign, ma- you know, like main keyword, exact, you know, free mm-hmm. everyone for, for a cost for harvesting, like yeah. what's the typical, like, uh, arch- yeah. arch- like what you call it, structure. And how yeah. do you leverage? How do you leverage your split for video ads and what placements? So, um, for basic campaign structures, um, something that I talk about a lot. I used to at Helium Ten. Um, it's even it built into Atomic the tool. Um, if you launch a campaign in there, for example, it automatically launches an auto campaign, which I do recommend. Um, a broad match keyword campaign uh, doesn't have to be a lot of keywords. In fact, it shouldn't be a lot of keywords. Um, but you want to have the auto and the broad, uh, campaign to do research for you because Amazon's the best resource for terms that you might not think of that can create sales or, 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 um, you know, product, uh, page placements, ASINs, um, that's how you find them. So two, those two is a minimum and then an exact match campaign. Like if there are some keywords that you really want to be ranked well for, you've done your keyword research and you really feel, Hey this particular keyword I want to be found for, go ahead and test that out. And then a product targeting campaign. So, you know, again, tons of tools out there, 
makes it super easy. You know, Helium 10, ASIN X-Ray, you know, use their Chrome extension. You can just download ASINs. It's, there's no excuse not to have at least those four ca campaigns as a minimum. Um, but, uh, and then, yeah, beyond that, once I wouldn't necessarily start with, like if we're talking about launch, for example, I don't think I would start, you know, I'm saying get brand registered, but I would say, you know, get some data under your, your, um, your belt from the sponsored product campaigns um, before launching like the sponsor brand video or sponsored display campaigns. Um, Cause those are um, high visibility, but they're generally more expensive to run. So if you can get some data under your belt first um, and then leverage that data to launch those types of campaigns, you know, you know what keywords or what search terms that, that you find that generate sales that you can target manually with uh, sponsored brand or, or sponsored display campaigns. Um, so, but as far as budgets go, <laughs> that, that's a whole topic too. I just did a prime day uh, video training um, at the beginning of this month or end of last month, I should say. Um, and I always basically say there's no set rule. It's when you're launching, especially it's just don't run out of budget. <laughs> Because you're in data collection mode, so the worst thing that you can do is run out of budget and then not have a full data set in order to then optimize everything down. Um, and you can have an idea of how much budget you're going to spend, um, and you should have that set aside with the thought of, I probably am not going to make any money on this. I might lose this, you know, a couple thousand dollars because I'm just collecting data at this point. Um, and then you should figure out pretty quick. It takes about two to three weeks to know. Okay, this is how much I'm going to need on Amazon on a, on a regular basis um, to put towards my budgets, um, and then you reallocate. You know, some some can some campaigns might perform better than other ones, and you start re reallocating the budgets. Um, you don't know until you have, you know, the initial campaign structures, and then the data collection for you know three weeks to four weeks minimum, um, and. Uh, then you have you know th those budgets in mind, and Amazon's done a really good job recently of helping sellers keep track of their budgets. There's a whole tab now dedicated to budgets, so you can just look at, oh, these are all the campaigns that have been running out of budget. Maybe I should look at them and invest more budget. Um, there's budget rules now you can put into each campaign. Granted, those rules are only for increasing the budgets. So there's no rule yet to decrease the budget. <laughs> like if it's doing bad, decrease it doesn't do that. It's only if it's doing good, increase budgets. Um, but they are putting more budget controls um, uh, in there. The one thing I want to just say about budgets in general is simply sellers um, should look at it as just their marketing expense. If you were going to open a store, like a physical store, and it wasn't on a super busy, you know, that didn't have a lot of foot traffic, you're going to need to get people to your store. You're going to need to invest in a billboard or a newspaper or magazine article or a you know, sign on a, on a bunch, a bench, um, a bus stop bench, you know, you're going to need to invest money to market your store. So um, I think far too often sellers don't look at it that way. It's like, this is a line item for your marketing uh, on Amazon. You know, the PPC here is, is your ads. It's your, it's your kind of commercial. It's your billboard on the side of the road. You should always be doing that because there's always potentially new shoppers coming on looking for different products. So budget should be kind of like, an expense, just a line item on this, on, you know, in, in a seller's business. And if they don't make their money back in one particular month, um, that's that sometimes that happens. Um, but the longer you do it, the less likely that is, is going to happen. 
Um, what I see happening is sellers jump in and they run for a month and it, which is again, data collection mode. You're probably not going to make all the sales right away. Um, so they spend, you know, their budget and they're like, oh, PPC doesn't work. <laughs> right. And then they stop and they're like, no, it takes longer than that. <laughs> you can't, um, just, it's not magic. It's, it's, it's the same as, you know, um, commercials that you see on the TV. I mean, if people don't, if people still see commercials, right, you can skip forward through most of them, but, um, the more, the more often you see a commercial, the more often you're going to remember that particular product. And then if you need it, you might remember it and go online, um, and go looking for it. Um, it's the same thing with, with the PPC ads on, on Amazon. Yeah. Excellent. And so as you talk, you're kind of diving into the budgets and, you know, the ad placements, I felt mm-hmm. like and it was hard to kind of mind map and negative keyword filter out, you know, just adding a <laughs> campaign and doing all these different yeah. things, yeah. Um, which is why, like, we recommend normally you leverage software almost, yeah, you know, almost immediately. Um, to mm-hmm. just, it's just worth the, the cost, of, in my opinion. Um, well, I, I'll counter that when, because obviously I launched a, a PPC software. Um, I do think it's important for sellers to actually get into uh, the ads console and, and figure out the basics of the PPC before they turn on software. Yeah. Because number one, <laughs> If they don't do that, they they don't understand what the software is doing, and they they don't understand the value of the software. So you know, Helium Ten is is primarily you know we, a lot a lot of newer sellers, first first uh, beginner, first to three year sellers. And my struggle was trying to get them to understand. I mean, Anatomic is super affordable, right? Like super super affordable compared comparatively. But the sellers were like, but but it's a few hundred dollars. I'm like, I do you that. know how much time? Yeah. Like what you were saying, like it's gonna find the search terms for you that are doing bad it's going to tell you to make them negative it's going to find the search terms that are doing good and tell you to hey make this a make this a keyword it's going to increase or decrease the bids for you based on a cost goals or whatever other parameter you set and but if they haven't gone and done any of that themselves first manually trying to do it they don't they don't get it <laughs> yeah yeah totally. so, if they so just- i think it's important for sellers to have a basic understanding of of launching a campaign you know, doing keyword bid adjustments, trying to do the negatives, kind of like what you just said, um, at least that they have a solid understanding of, okay, well, now I know what the software is going to do, or maybe you hire a consultant or an agency like Trivium. You're like, okay, well, now I know what they're going to be doing. So, you know, they, they get the value and they're able to kind of double check, right? Like if, if it's an agency, for example, not software, if you're a brand new seller and you go straight to working with a PPC agency, it's like, well, how do you know what they're, how do you know, even know what they're doing? Like you're just, you're just taking their word for it. Like, I really feel like it's important for sellers to get, to be able to hand things off. Right. But that they understand, they understand how much time it took them to do it. And then they're like, okay, let this company do it or this software do it. And then I know what to look for. I know what to ask for. I know what to check to see if there's been improvements in, uh, in the PPC account. Yeah. Totally. Being able to kind of hold them accountable, I guess. In yeah. That yeah. You can't hold, you can't hold an agency accountable or software really, if you have no idea what it, what it's even doing. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, what, you know, we talk about PPC software and, you know, the rise of AI and everything like that, um, mm-hmm. how do AI influencing PPC or, because you know, a lot of the times it's just rule based if this then that right so how does yeah 
Quote, AI. Yeah, you know, it's a loaded, that's a, AI is loaded to me for PPC. Like, you know, for Atomic, Atomic, for example, like there's some machine, there's some intelligence there, like, you know, being able to look at the results of a keyword at a certain bid and saying, okay, was the result good or bad? Okay, if, if this, then increase, if this, then decrease. Like, that's, that is something that I think is, is good and okay and probably going to keep, you know, expanding upon um, with AI. But um, I still see AI as being really kind of foundational and helpful for like um, research, like keyword research, uh, potentially, um, you know, easily translating keywords into different language. Uh, so you can target different languages in the same country or a different country. The product detail page, I was at, I was at, SellerCon, um, or was it? Yeah, I was at two two conferences over the past couple months, and I literally watched someone use um, ChatGPT to build out a listing. Right, like they just gave it the correct prompts, um, told it what to look for, uh, gave him some ASINs to compare it against in Amazon. Um, so, and then it, we went and found the ASINs and did the do the due diligence, um, and it created a listing within five. I want to say five minutes, five six minutes. Yeah. Um, so that's super powerful. I think that's going to be helpful. Well, images, like tools like uh, Midjourney and, and Pebbly, Pebbly, Pebbly Y, I think is the other one. Um, you know, there's not going to be, a, there shouldn't be excuses anymore for people not having lifestyle creative because there is AI out there to help them with that kind of stuff. So I, I kind of feel like um, the AI is really, really good for listing and the optimization of the listing. Um, there's going to be some functions within PPC to, to, to help with, but I kind of feel like it's, it's support, it's support roles. Um, I, I personally, and I, of course I'm biased because I'm a PPC consultant, but I wouldn't trust AI to hundred percent just run, run budgets. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think we're there yet for it to just completely take the wheel. Um, but definitely there's a lot of uh, functions that AI can help with that will save you tons of time uh, in your overall um, Amazon business. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with the, the time aspect of it. I think, you know, when we hear AI, a lot of us, even myself included, want to be like, is that really AI? You know, kind of like that mm -hmm. whole thing. But, but at the end of the day, it's like you're, you're leveraging AI software. I, I call it using AI, you know? And like you said, now the, the biggest value add is, is time saved. When I look at a product, I normally, if I decide I'm going to get into a product, I, I used to spend at least a full day looking at every single thing about the product on all social media channels, every type of hashtag, every type of video. Yeah. I've taken a, a ton of notes. Um, yeah. I was able to actually build out a prompt. Uh, it took me like five hours just massaging this prompt over and over and over and over again. Right. Uh, but I got the prompt to do literally like what used to take me a day, day and a half's worth of work now spits out that information for me literally within 30 seconds. And it's like, 80% of the way there, probably because yeah. it can't really index super deep to the level that, sure. yeah. that but being 80% of the way there, I mean, is literally like 95% of the way there for, you know, the difference between the conversion rate, probably between getting 80% yeah. you know, of information versus a hundred percent conversion rate being very, very similar. Um, yeah. And your time savings, it's like, <laughs> that is, that's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. So get, yeah. Product research is another one um, that I saw as well. But um, yeah, I really think that the sellers that do take advantage of AI are going to, um, you're just going to be able to do more, right? Because their their time is going to be better spent on other areas of, 
of, of e-commerce. Um, so it, it's, uh, it's the same with software, like, like PPC software. It is there to help you save time, right? Uh, or an agency or a consultant like me. Like we're here to help you save time. Um, but you still kind of have to understand the basics, I think, before to, you know, you understand the value of this prompt now because you know how long it used to take you to do, right? So, so imagine you trying to sell this prompt to someone who's never done product research. They're going to be like, oh, why? I want it for free. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm eating for free. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely, that, that, that rings true, being able to like understand the fundamentals. Um, it's kind of like one of those things where, like everybody has a plan to get hit in the face. I say that a lot because it's like a, I feel like it's a common experience for entrepreneurs. I'm going to launch this product and I'm going to do this, this, and this. And I feel like the first real hit in the face that sellers get is their paid advertising budget. Just if it goes away, like, you know, without oh, yeah. the ROA. So, um, oh, yeah. yeah, we learned those principles, I think, are very, very. <laughs> and then uh, just other curious, if you could give any other like talking points to, you know, like, to AI and uh, and what what can be done on on a deeper level uh, as it relates to AI, uh, whether it's paid advertising or 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 kind of what you're seeing or what you what you're thinking of having literally built out one of the most popular PPC. Mm -hmm. we'll use. Yeah, um, I really I, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I've talked to quite a few people recently about about this, uh, but I really think that it's. I'm really all about figuring out what you do on a daily basis and trying to figure out if AI can help you with that, right? It's like, is there a certain function that you do? Is there a certain way that you research keywords? Um, like your example, like you had a certain way you were researching products. Like, I really feel like if, if uh, sellers just kind of figure out what is happening in their day, where, where's their time going? Even if it's 15 minutes a day, like, could AI actually help you with whatever that task is? I think that is kind of where it's going to um, uh, really be helpful. And not just business, but like personal life too. Like your shopping list or figuring out, uh, somebody was telling me that they use their chat GPT to, um, they're, trying to, they're trying to do keto and they have a bunch of keto stuff in their fridge. And they basically said, but I didn't know what to do with it. So they asked every single week, they asked chat GPT, to come up with recipes for the week based on what's in what's in their fridge uh like genius <laughs> how much time is that saving you from thinking about oh crap what am i going to make today and i have to do this yeah. and i just i'm going to go online i'm going to look for a recipe and um you know potentially a couple of a couple hours a week saved just by doing things like that so um i i just i you know i've said it before but i think the ai is going to be super helpful just in time savings um and the people that really leverage it and understand it, they're just going to have so much more free time, you know, personal, business, whatever, to focus on the things that really um, are going to either drive their business forward or, or give them more time to travel, you know. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of where I see it. it's not one thing I, I kind of can point towards. Um, I do think, though, that there are tools out there. Uh, I saw an example. I like to give an example of AI that people can use right now for their videos. Um, and it's kind of, it's a little ingenious, but uh, I think, but you can use um, YouTube right now. So let's say you've got videos and you've, you've created them, you've done them. 
um, but you don't know what the thumbnail should be, or you don't know what the highlight of the video is. Well, you could just, even if, even if you're not going to fully upload it into YouTube, you could just go to YouTube, start uploading the video. And then before you actually hit submit, YouTube will let you know three different frames, right? Of what it thinks the thumbnail should be. So YouTube has AI and that AI is basically looking through your entire video and it's saying, Hey, this is the one that's going to cause, um, going to create the most, um, response from, from, uh, viewers. Um, so that becomes, that's your thumbnail and that becomes the image of the, you know, you can use that. Maybe you move that whole section up further up in your video to engage people. Um, uh, so that's something simple that I think people that can do that are already that already have videos. They just want to figure out, hey, what's the most? Um, it's called heat mapping. Like, what's the most? Uh, what's got the most heat <laughs> in my video? You can actually just leverage an existing tool that everyone has access to right now. Um, there are literally services out there you can pay to do what I just said, or you can just use YouTube and pretend like you're going to upload a video. <laughs> use whatever's easier. I, I like that. Yeah. Like just getting like kind of culturally adopted to using it as I think I feel like only really now in the last like four or five years do people like naturally naturally Google things when they have a question, but it, yeah. it, it gets to like it has to get to a certain point before it, it pings them. They're like, oh, I sh I don't know where this is. Let me Google it, or you know. Right. And um, I remember literally when I was in the military in two thousand and two thousand eight, I was in charge of uh, giving briefings, like medical briefings, and. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a bunch of medical things I didn't understand because I was just a technician. And um, and then I had my first person underneath me and she was asking me a bunch of questions that neither of us were trained on and the boss ahead of me wasn't trained on. But I was deep into Google then. So I just kept saying, Google it to the point where I literally wrote it on top of my, on like my whiteboard. And then she, <laughs> my friend would come in she'd be like, what's going on? And I'd like point to the thing and she'd Google it and she'd end up with like a best answer. And ended up kind of yeah. like going around the office of like Googling it. And this is like 2007, 2008. So yeah. I now, like the sooner that we kind of retrain our minds towards let's let's like let's chat GPT three or let's let's AI it to like get some support, maybe not make a decision for us, but at least you know the, the one thing I like is they say it's like having the smartest person in the room with you all the time. So right. from my, what I've done is I've downloaded uh, Chat GPT three to my mobile phone. It's like the on the first first page. I'm, I'm asking questions, and one thing I feel like it's giving me a ton of value. Is my prompts? I try to make them at least like eight or nine sentences, unless it's something super. Mm -hmm. And I feel mm -hmm. like tense. My prompt is like, "Hey, like, tell me about PPC. What are the number three things I need to learn for a beginner? Uh, uh, what are the answers to those questions? Uh, and uh, um, explain it in this, this, and this. What are the top KPIs? How does that relate to the overall process? Something like that. And just mm -hmm. and then asking the question, I ended up getting like a lot more information up front and able to make. Uh, kind of quicker decisions. So what I'm trying to do is integrate that into uh, my team and my, my my virtual assistant, the VAs and everything we're doing there. Because I feel like a lot of people will say, we're getting our team to work on it. But I look online, I look at all the prompts, you know, like the LinkedIn, here's 5,000 prompts, or here's, you know, here's this software tool with all these different copywriting objectives. Yeah. And all that. The output is very generic and very basic. And I think mm -hmm. it's the the prompts that are used to massage uh, that input or, you know, or, or, uh, whatever results in that output. So, um, for me, it's been like, like you said, right on, right on the nails, like just integrating that deeper into my life. Mm -hmm. My little tip for others is to, um, just try and give it more, you know, ask the right question. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a simple thing. Instead of Googling it, try chat GPTing it. 
Totally. You know, that's, that's, that's the, that's the easy way to, to get into the AI is thinking it from that perspective. Of course, you have to ask different questions. Like you said, you have to ask much deeper questions when you're using uh, ChatGPT than, than Google. But uh, no, I think that's, that's, that's a smart way to get into it for sure. Yeah. 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 It's, it's been pretty, pretty exciting so far to see some of the outputs. Um, okay. Yeah. So I guess you know, to kind of wrap up here, um, you know, with your background in paid advertising, you know, you offer uh, the consults here for, for PPC and uh, the work mm-hmm. you do Trivium as well. We had Mina here on, on a previous podcast, you know, if you could kind of leave us with like one tip or, you know, one or two tips for, for sellers, maybe it's from like an, a mental perspective on, on what they should be doing when it comes to paid advertising. Um, mm-hmm. They should engage uh, professional help. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we already kind of covered like, you know, no, no, the basics before you try to hand it off, like um, to, you know, a consultant like me or an agency like Trivium, I think it's super important to actually have a really good, solid understanding of, of what that is. And that includes, you know, my second tip, which I've kind of already alluded to is don't be afraid of the PPC budgets, <laughs> like understand, you know, what your break even aid cost is and what your target aid cost should be, you know, what leveraging tacos means, total aid costs, like understand those metrics to really kind of um, gauge the overall success of your PPC versus just looking at PPC in a silo. Like PPC is not there to make PPC sales. PPC sales is to affect all of your sales, right? Because the more ads you have, the more organic uh, ranking you're it's potentially going to improve. And, you know, it's there to be a little commercial. People might come back and they might see your organic listing and click on that. But if they didn't see your commercial first, they might not... Rem- they might not have remembered you to click on your organic ad. Like you, you don't know, but we do know when we do see a PPC spend drop, even on highly organic ranked keywords, the organic rank starts to fall back, does start to drop. So we know that there's a link. So, you know, use that, consider that when you're looking at your budgets and you're looking at your total, your PPC spend, take your total sales, your, your tacos definitely into account. Um, lastly, I think that, People can leverage, you know, we've been talking about creative and videos and things. Um, look at your data. Like you can, uh, you could do the best research possible and have the best videos out there. But if you look at your data and your search terms that are making sales and you see that there's a feature that you're seeing a lot of sales and it's got, it's calling out a particular feature of your product, make sure you look at that and say, okay, I know that if I feature to the forefront, or maybe even worse, maybe you don't even have that feature in your video or your creative, right? Add it, you know, whatever that feature is, make sure it's prevalent, make sure it's at the beginning and, you know, launch campaigns specific to those search terms that, that have generated sales, uh, those keywords that have generated sales, you know, so leverage, you know, PPC isn't static, you know, you should be looking at it as a reference point, looking at it, what's, what, you know, yes, you do all your keyword research, which you should do. But there's going to be other search terms that are going to create sales. There's going to be things in there that you, if you don't go in there and look at it, you'll never know. And I, I, I guess my point is leverage your PPC data. Look at what is selling. Update your backend keyword page. Sometimes you need to do that. Like look at, look at what your backend keyword page is. That shouldn't be a static thing either. Like, yeah, you did your keyword research ahead of time. You fully optimized it SEO. But every, every few months, actually look at what is selling you know, what keywords are selling, is that in your backend keyword page? And maybe try updating it. Maybe that, you know, maybe that will help you 
rank obviously higher for that keyword organic organically you're going to get more sales not just ppc from that particular term so that's my last kind of tip is just leverage um your ppc data for uh other data points in um other areas of your business that you can apply it to excellent great absolutely i literally absolutely love that that last piece of advice <laughs> not being static you know i feel like we we optimize a listing that people forget and then six months later it's like oh if i just did this on the back end there would have been yep. money, but Amazon's always evolving the competitive. Always, market. always evolving. They're always changing the backend keyword page too. You know, they're, <laughs> they're, 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 they're moving things and they're, they're adding subject matter. They're taking away subject matter. They're, <laughs> they're constantly changing things. So you should, you should be looking at, you know, um, not just your PPC account, but like what's check in on your backend uh, page as well and make sure that that is up to date with whatever latest change Amazon might've done. Okay. Yeah. We'll definitely uh, put that for the advice for other PPC beginners or and even some experts out there don't even do that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, thank, thank you so much, Vince, for coming on the show. Uh, we'll link down to your, your contact information. If everybody wants to reach out, get in contact with you or Trivium. Uh, Perfect. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on the show. Sounds good. Thanks, Reggie. Thank you.